Med Up, Men Down is sponsored by Welldoing. It's a great platform for finding a therapist or counselor. They only accept verified professionals and they make it really easy to find one who is right for you. You can also use their personalized matching service so your availability, budget and needs are expertly matched with just the right person. If you didn't already know, success in therapy is down to making a great match with your counselor and the people at Welldoing really know how to make that happen. Plus, they have loads of stories, videos and interviews to support your mental health. Take a look at welldoing.org. Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hello, Man Up, Man Down listeners. This is David here. Um, And this is uh, quite an interesting and special episode of Man Up, Man Down for a number of reasons. First of all, I'm actually uh, living the digital native dream. I'm actually in Lisbon at the moment for a stag do. So yeah, it's uh, quite an interesting experience. Um, the second reason it's a, a special episode is we've got Louise Chum, who's um, the founder of Welldoing, who, as you know, are our sponsors. I'll come back to her in a minute. But well, the reason that we've got Louise on is because we're going to be releasing this episode during Mental Health Awareness Week. So um, just thought it'd be a great opportunity to to get Louise on, especially as, um, you know, obviously Welldoing have been very supportive of what we're doing. But yeah, finally, before I do introduce Louise, yeah, this is the the first episode that I've recorded um, since my father died, which a lot of you may have have seen on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, So yeah, it has been a tough few weeks. You know, it was quite a traumatic experience, which I won't go into detail here, maybe, you know, for a future podcast. But You know, I just thought it's important, um, you know, you can't do a podcast about mental health and and being open and talking about things without me addressing that. So it could be that I I start welling up and get emotional uh, during this this podcast. I'm sure, you know, one of the the issues we'll touch on will be grief and bereavement, but I'll I'll try and hold it together. And as I say, because I'm in a co-working space in Portugal, there's quite a few people around me, so... um, so yeah, I'll try and, and try try and not embarrass myself too much. But anyway, apologies, Louise, for that incredibly long introduction. So, well, Louise is CEO and founder of Welldoing.org, but she's also a prize-winning journalist and former editor of magazines, including Psychologies, Good Housekeeping, In Style, um, In Style, sorry. And she's also written for The Guardian and, and various other publications. So thank you once again, Louise, for, well, for your support, um, but for also joining us for this episode. And I mean, my first question would be, as, you know, a former journalist myself, who's sort of, you know, slowly moving into in, into this space, I guess, you know, growing my profile in this space. What was your journey from journalist to creating this amazing platform 
Yeah, well, I had decades really in journalism in London. I'm originally from New Zealand, and they were, you know, in the 80s, 90s, noughties, that were they were kind of great, great times to be, especially working on magazines. But, you know, the, the internet really has made that kind of business all but impossible. And uh, it was after psychologies had been sold a couple of times and my third redundancy that I just thought I've got to find another way to earn a living. And uh, I knew that I had to have it on the internet, you know, although it was not something that I, you know, I was certainly no native and it's not always that comfortable a place for me for a lot of reasons, but I just felt I ought to be there. And um, it came out of a kind of middle of the night conversation with my husband when he said, why don't you do something that matches people with therapists? Don't you remember how you can, I had been looking for a therapist and he said, don't you remember how you complained that there should be something like a dating service to match you with therapists? And it literally came from that conversation. Everything else came from there. I mean, um, you know, obviously, this is a podcast of middle-aged men. Um, We certainly don't deter women, but, you know, it is primarily aimed at men. So, I mean, you know, you've talked a lot there about um, a lot of things that people in middle age sort of go through, uh, redundancies, you know, technology disrupting their industry. Obviously, we've had the pandemic. Um, so what was it like sort of taking on this this brave new challenge? And um, I mean, I, you know, something I forgot to mention in the intro is that I saw that you'd sort of been taken part in, in a few incubators, you know, um, which are facilities, for those who don't know, they're sort of yes. facilities that help young, innovative companies get going. Yes. Um, so what, right. what was that experience like? In, well, in the, or, the original one was in London and it was a kind of weekly meetup and uh, with various uh, guests coming. And it was at, um, it was called Campus London, which was um, a Google, you know, funded place. Yeah. Uh, and then from that, it was suggested that I apply to go to the Black Box innovation two-week accelerator in um, in Palo Alto and Silicon Valley, which, as you can imagine, I just thought, like, what? <laughs> How can I possibly do that? You know, at that stage, I suppose I was about probably about 59 or something, but I could have been 110, frankly, when I thought about it. Every you know, anyway, I got it, but my, my first, the first discussion about it was I can't possibly go. I'm married with children. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the family just, they, they got on with life and I went off for two weeks and it was incredibly uh, exciting and interesting. And also because I'd been a journalist, I wrote about it. So they got their they got their pounds worth out of uh, choosing me. You know, it was actually quite savvy of them. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I think you're you're doing yourself down there a bit. Um, I mean, what I was going to say is, obviously, it was an innovative idea. You you know, you you realised that, that, well, or your husband realised that there was that opportunity there. I mean, obviously, though, you know, which is important, but obviously, Google and, you know, yeah, people Mm. in Silicon Valley, they obviously thought it was a great idea as well. So. Well, I think mental health at that time, you know, we're talking about um, 
uh, I started the business, you know, kind of registered as a business almost 10 years ago this year. Um, and I went to Silicon Valley at the end of 2015. It was still very much little spoken about mental health. Mm. They did talk about it there because they knew that people who were founders and the pressure on startups very often had struggles. So we had some great conversations there about that. But they were conversations that weren't even being had uh, in the UK, really. And then a lot of that changed when um, the princes, William and Harry, started to talk about mental health with heads together. Mm. And, you know, we've, we've changed, you know, it's been a lot of change along the road since then, not least in the relationship between their brothers. So. Yeah. But it's all part of the story, really, isn't it? You know, that that what does mental health take in? It takes in, you know, things like sibling rivalries and um, the way people view what their what their, their whether their lives are being controlled or not. It takes in whether they feel low or anxious or um, you know, the 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 sad fact, David, that you've just lost your father. You know, many people you know, will sail through life and things will start in midlife like they will lose friends or they will lose parents or or other members of their family and they will it'll just be uh, incredible to them to realize that they can look at life so differently Mm. and and some people it'll be a couple of weeks like that or a couple of months but for other people it will be a real hole in their side. So I think there's, you know, I I don't think everybody should see a therapist, definitely not. But I think there are times that it's a really, it can be a really big help if you're mm-hmm. if you're in a in a bad place, or for some people, it's something that maybe has always bugged them and they've never got around to talking anybody to anybody about. So there are lots of different ways in which talking to somebody in a way that you can trust you can you know they're not going to tell everyone else you know they're not going to judge yes you have to pay money but that's part of the process really that it's something that is important enough to you to actually pay for Mm. so yeah those are that's that's really why why it happened so i'm just going to ask one more question and then i'll let volker perhaps get a word in but um, yeah, I haven't said anything yet. That's not like me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, obviously you've sort of talked about, um, you know, the, the princes having sort of, well, you know, being a, a, a catalyst for it. Um, I mean, you know, we're not we're, we're not here to sort of debate whether you're, you know, Team Harry or Team William, but. I mean, you know, some of the comments, though, around, you know, when, when Harry's book came out and, you know, it's like, oh, you've got this privileged lifestyle. And oh, for me, I'm like, forget who he is. You know, his his parents went through an incredibly high profile divorce, which, mm. you know, at that age, that's going to scar you. Then, you know, he loses his mother again, you know, in, in really sort of high profile circumstances. And then, you know, the, that, that scene, you know, that image of them walking behind the, the coffin. And, you know, I just think, you know, if, if any other family or any other person, you'd be like, yeah, this guy is yeah. going to have serious issues. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, sorry, that's my my little pennies worth over. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what what I was going to say is, you know, you so you talked about the catalyst of the princes talking more about mental health. Um, I mean, have you, you know, and you know, and I think this podcast came about as a result of the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of both me and Volker sort of being in this stage in our lives. Um, I mean, have you seen an increase in men sort of using your platform, looking for for counsellors and therapists since the pandemic? I would say that we definitely have. And not so much during the pandemic, but in the last 12 months. uh, It's been really noticeable because where we've really spotted it is in those who use the the paid-for personalised matching. Mm. It used to be that there'd be, you know, a, a, a very, I mean, the proportion would be something like, you know, 20% at the most in any one month might be men. But now we have months where it's 50 50, which is incredible uh, to us. And they are, they, they, they are right across the range. Some of them are things that have been there for a long time that they want to address. So problems that might have come from the way they were brought up or from things like boarding schools, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is one of the things that people do seek, seek therapy from. Or they might be things that have just befallen them, like divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, there's, there's no denying that if you have been at the centre of the family um, and and probably mostly the financial centre of the family, not always, but but you know that 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 sort of uh, feeling when it it's quite often that the men are sort of left behind. Mm. You know, they are seen to be the ones who they are the ones in the one bedroom flat or, or or whatever. Very often socially isolated because they have not kept. In contact so much with people. Um, I know I'm speaking in gross generalities, but it is it, it, it it's a cliche because it it does seem to go that way. And I think that that can be a real problem uh, with trying to stop falling into depression, anxiety over over finances, over health, over the future. So you know things like that can be really useful. Mm-hmm for men but there can be other things I mean we also get young men worried about relationships I mean do you think that um you know in in terms of young men that um in in terms of social media do you think there is a lot more pressure or you know sort of idolized image images of or idealized or both idolized and idealized images of of what they you know in terms of kind of you know, you should you should have a good job, and you should have like a side hustle, and you know, you should be regularly dating, and you know, and you should be gym ripped. And yes, no, you're 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 saying all the kinds of things that I think circle around people's heads, and and I think it's interesting because it does seem to be a kind of uh, e- more and more equal between men and women. I would have said that you know, in my in my youth, it was women who felt the pressure to look great. Maybe not the pressure to have a great job, but you know, to certainly when they were younger, it was all about how they looked and, mm-hmm. and their body size and things like that. And nowadays, young men 
do seem to be as affected as young women by that kind of Instagram kind of perfection. I interviewed a a woman yesterday who's quite a famous self-help writer called Melody Beattie. She wrote a book called Codependent No More that sold 7 million copies. And she's now in her 70s. And she said that when she was young, you know, you all you had was your imagination to imagine how much more fabulous the lifestyles of other people were. You know, you didn't, it, it, it was really very distant from you. And, and, you know, you lived, you lived where you lived, you know, you, you, you sat with yourself as best you could and, and got on with life. But now, um, you know, things like, you know, Facebook and everywhere, it's just constantly built in to make people compare with each other and all the me- measuring of everything, you know, every every run you take, every, every piece of food you eat. I mean, this all is, according to Melody, and I would agree, uh, making people, you know, hypervigilant and more and more neurotic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's interesting. We, you know, what are we, well, I mean, in, in other ways, it is also great because, you know, the internet means people can connect with each other in, in much better ways. They can find each other when normally they would have felt really isolated if they were anything other than the most, you know, average kind of person. So there are great, great, great things about it. But the, the stuff that's not great is not only, you know, commercially, honed to make you semi-addicted to it yeah also really honed to make you feel envious and make you want to buy whatever it is that you perceive makes this person you know a, a better partner or a better more beautiful person than you yeah i mean it's one of the things that one of our our previous guests spoke about um fiona who Volker works with um, you know she sort of talked about um, almost like this this competitive wellness um, even if that's just competing with yourself but you know it's like you've got this mindfulness you know if you're using a mindfulness app and you know and you've got, got your, your, your streak and then you know it's kind of like oh I've got to do my mindfulness today because I don't want to lose that streak and you know and it, it's sort of almost counterproductive because the whole point of mindfulness is is kind of well, re- alleviating those sort of feelings of, of I must do this, I must do that. But um, and yeah, Volker, sorry, did you have anything to add to that? I I, I haven't got a, got a chance to get a word in yet, but uh, so so welcome, Louise, to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Volker. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, you know. If I say everything resonates with me, but um, I mean what what you said, right? I, th- I think it was actually um, another guest, uh, Joe. He mentioned um, it's usually the woman that leads the relationship in you know. If I say the relationship, the relationships outside the marriage, right? So the friends that come over to dinner, you know, the social aspect of the relationship is usually led by the by the woman in a in a male female um, uh, partnership, and. Uh, you know, to to your point, right? That leaves the men then usually isolated and alone. You know, after divorce or you know whatever the case might be. You know, of the, the the woman, you know, potentially dying as well. Um, and it's interesting what you say in terms of you know men now 
coming to to your platform right and and the 50 50 split to be honest surprises me actually but it's a it's a good sign and 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 one of the reasons and david mentioned it we we put this podcast together is to get more men to talk and more men to talk about topics they normally wouldn't talk about Um, but also what what we both discovered is there are so many groups already for men and and we can give them a voice to to talk to more men out there and, and, and become a platform for that so that's that's kind of my my take if i say of the of, of summary of the um you know of the conversation so far but also what you mentioned in terms of of, of therapy um having an uptake i think seeing it as a coach and hopefully soon to be even if it's you know two to four years away uh being a therapist myself um you you see if i say that the trend from the us and you mentioned silicon valley was you know i think if i say a couple of years ago or you know maybe longer ago it used to be everyone used to have a coach it was very in to have a coach similar to that it was in to be um to, to have a split personality in the 70s and then using nlp to solve that uh, it was very in to have a coach and i think it becomes almost in um to have a therapist and i don't know if that's a good or bad trend i mean it's obviously good for for therapists and it's good for for the awareness but I don't know if it's a if it's a good trend in in general. And the question is, does everyone need a therapist? Right, coming back to your point. And la- la- last, lastly, another point. You know, not, now I'm talking. I'm taking over the podcast now. Uh, but a- another point on the social media side of thing. Um, Chris Janssen, who um, who was on a on a podcast I ran before, he he mentioned, and and I could never really find that study again. But he mentioned that since the invention of the iPhone, or if I say a, a proper smartphone, a phone where we can connect to other people, share pictures, etc., etc., the, the the suicide rate has gone up at the same rate, and there there are studies somewhere um, that is essentially by by being more connected. So in theory, it's it's a good thing. We are more isolated, you know, because we we we're looking at Instagram and we're looking at you know I always use the Kardashians as an example, not that. Not that I aspire to be like the Kardashians, but uh, you know I, I know David is. But uh, you know <laughs> we, we're looking at other families, or we're looking at you know you know to, to yes. your point, no one puts a picture on Instagram or Facebook and go like, oh look how rubbish our holidays and we really have a bad time, right? Everyone is having a good time. Everything is hunky dory. You know we we have a great yes. time. Weather is fantastic, and you know and and people think it's normal. It's normal to always be, you know, top of your game, and it's not. Yes, I completely agree with that, and I think it's it's. I find it um, quite interesting. Recently, for for well doing, I've I've got a TikTok account. As you can imagine, this is like the absolute opposite of what I would like to do. <laughs> it really, it's really the absolute absolute opposite. But, however. You know, I've got my youngest child is 22, and she's uh, said to me, "There's there's some great therapists on. You ought to be there." I'm. I hasten to add, I'm not a therapist. I'm, you know, an entrepreneur, former journalist. Anyway, so I worked out a kind of way I could do some TikToks. So I started doing TikToks, and I guess I've done about 12. Um, and I can feel it making me. All of those things that we talked about, hypervigilant, comparing myself with other people, looking at my metrics, wondering, um, 
oh, was it because I wore this sweater or was it because the words I chose? It's absolutely a, a, a bad, I would say for me, it's a little it's a little shallow. It's not a hole because I can see it so clearly. However, I am still in that little shallow. And if I, if I was seriously in there, it would be terrible. Why put yourself through that if, if you don't have to? And having spoken to Melody Beattie, the self-help person, she would absolutely say, don't go near any of it. It's all people. It's, it's all kind of billionaires earning money out of, because, because that does tend to be the story. But on the other hand, I know lots of people who, you know, have great friendships through things like Facebook. Mm-hmm. Because, and maybe that's more our generation, someone got in touch with me on Facebook who I'd been an exchange student with. He's in Australia and we'd both been in America and Canada when we were 17. And it's all that kind of really lovely human connection, sent me photographs of all his daughters getting married, all of the stuff that you think, you know, there is something lovely about the good side of of social media, something very uh, warm-hearted and connective, and that's got to be good for us. But we're just not very good at, 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 I guess, figuring out how much time to spend on things. And smartphones are a classic example because really you're connected to your work with your smartphone. Whatever it is that you do, you're there all the time. It means you never really knock off. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, it, you know, I, I used to have a TikTok account. I um, loved it during lockdown just to watch all these reels. But you just, you know, you start scrolling and before you know it, two hours are gone and you go like, what have I done? That was fine during lockdown. Um, yes. I deleted it a long, long time ago. Mm. But of course, Instagram now has similar and, and that Facebook has similar um, things as well. But I, I'm, I'm totally with you. You know, to stay in contact with other people through Facebook is a, is a brilliant way, especially with people. You know, I was an exchange student myself in, in the States many years ago, 25, 30 years ago. And I'm, you know, it's, it's nice to still stay in touch with my host family and, you know, see some pictures of the grandchildren and so on. Um, something we couldn't do without social media, right? We would send emails or maybe even letters, right? With mm-hmm. printed out pictures. So, I mean, with, with any new technology and, you know, I don't know, we want to bring up chat GPT, you know, there's a whole AI driven things. Is that the future, right? Will they take over from us? You know, maybe get therapy through um, AI in the future. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, that's interesting. Of course, that's being spoken about now. And, um, you know, I think there will be a kind of therapy light version that will be will be AI. I'm sure there will be, yeah. um, because it will it, it is it could be something that is soothing and will keep people happy in between sessions, all of that kind of thing. But actually, you know, when you go and speak to a therapist, you know what's so great is they have to listen to your story, and it's only your story. You know, it 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 may seem a little bit like someone else's, but it's not the same. You know all the things that go into whatever it is that you've that you are, and then whatever is the reason that you're coming, which could be any manner of of things. You know, some of them will be light, and some of them will be you know really pretty serious. Like, you know, at the moment, I don't know. I, every we we're dealing with everything from 
really kind of you know light anxiety depression sort of thing to to people looking at the end of their life and trying to you know wanting therapy you know at the end of their life to be able to to cope i mean that is the really the really hard stuff in in life that that again i think when you're middle aged you're just starting to get starting to realize that this is as much of what life is as all the fun stuff it's just you've turned that corner and it looks different because you know i guess you're getting closer to it I've, well yeah i've got got a few uh things that i picked up on there i mean with sort of the ai aspect i mean i think my my opinion on ai is you know it is great but at the end of the day you know what makes us human is the stuff that ai can't do and and, and when i say that you know it's as I've, I've you know sort of said that i've i've had counseling for quite a few years and over that time i've had four or five counselors and you know sometimes it, it was just a case of well i felt like you know we'd got as far as we could and they you know and and mm. i guess you know it's like perhaps i need to find another counselor but yeah you know it, the fact is you can go through several therapists before you find the one that is right for you and Definitely. you know and, and, and as, as i say it's almost like well you know, it is all about the human connection. So, you know, AI can't sort of replicate that at the moment. But just sort of going back to the social media thing as well. I mean, I think the, um, you know, Volker mentioned the Kardashians, but I think part of the, the thing with social media, you know, when we go back to magazines and things, you know, you, you'd only see sort of the opulent lifestyle of royalty or celebrities and, you know, so it's almost like, well, I'm not royalty and I'm not a celebrity, so I'm content with my life. Whereas, and as Volker says, you now get bombarded with images of, of people that, you know, in inverted commas, are doing so much better than you. Mm. And, you know, but as, as Volker said, it's it's always kind of the, um, you know, the rose-tinted lens that you're showing through yeah. social media. And I think also it's because you're only seeing these things from lots of different people you know you, you don't necessarily think oh well they haven't posted anything in three months you know they might have been having a miserable time during that period yeah. but you're you're just like oh they've had two holidays in three months yeah. you know <laughs> no absolutely i think that um you david when you mentioned that um seeing different counselors or therapists i i think it's a really good idea to well, first of all, I'd say I don't think anybody generally needs to be in therapy for years and years. I just think that most people, I don't. I mean, at a stretch, you know, like with the same person. Mm. I think that you know, in general, most people would be, well. The benefit will be in a shorter period of time, and then the rest of it. Is more like a kind of holding pattern. But then you can do that sort of, you can say to a therapist, I think we've really come to the end, but, you know, can I come and see you every month or every yeah. two months? I think that is really great because you, that person knows you. Or sometimes it's very good just to think, well, 
that was a really good and interesting experience. Next time, I think I'll try something different mm. and, and talk to somebody whose way of approaching things is different because there are quite stark differences in therapy types. Mm. And you sort of want to know, I think, a bit about that before you stumble into the wrong place. Um, well, could you sort of give give a bit more detail about that? Sure, sure. I mean, like- you know, for... Uh, the 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 nice guidelines for for many things are to see cognitive behavioral therapists and those are the people whose training is about getting people to understand that it's their way of looking at things that is causing the problem and they need to reframe the problem and reframe their you know the reality of it so they think every time this happens i always do this so it's actually, or if I do this, this terrible, I might die. For example, it panic mm-hmm. attacks. If I do this, I might die. I might have a panic attack and die. So the therapist would be, would you really die? Can you be absolutely sure that you'd die from that panic attack? Is it really true that a panic attack can kill you? And then gradually you start to see a panic attack for what it is. And, and that's, you know, a physiological change in your body that, and the fear of it means that you're constantly anxious that it's going to happen again. So mm-hmm. basically, as you go through week by week, your anxiety levels will be decreasing to the point that you won't be constantly ready for a panic attack. You, you it, not say you may never have a panic attack again, but you won't be sitting there terrified it's about to happen. Yeah, that was, I think it was uh, Fiona again that came up, well, mentioned about how, was it with a stressful situation or a shock or something, it lasts for 20 minutes or something, but the brain, Volker, does that ring any bells? It doesn't. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> to, to calm yourself down after your, your, your adrenaline is... Is has peaked, and and also if you keep being in a situation where your adrenaline keeps peaking, then then you get into the kind of cortisol situation where really you're completely, uh, 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 you know, you are hypervigilant, and therefore you are just not seeing things as they are. Everything is exaggerated. Yep, that I can relate to that. At the the CBT can be really really useful. The thing I would say is that quite often. It will deal with your the things that you present with. But quite often people will come back a couple of years later and say, I did that and that was great, but actually I think I need to talk about stuff that is a little bit more deeper beneath the, the surface. That, mm-hmm. And usually that does mean talking a bit about the way you were brought up or, or things that happened when you were young. I mean, a lot, a lot of conditioning, as, as, as most people would know, maybe they don't know, happens when, when you're a child, right? When you're five yeah. or seven, you know, you're forming beliefs. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm giving a talk uh, or webinar around about the same time probably as this um, podcast goes live. So in that sense, I can talk about it, <laughs> about self-limiting beliefs, right? And it's a classic example is um, our money belief, right? You know, we, we were taught from an early age, right? And, and everyone has different money beliefs, but usually it's like money doesn't grow on trees, right? Or you need to have money to make money. 
and it's, it's these beliefs that manifest so early in childhood and, and changing them, um, which which is why I'm so interested in, in in hypnotherapy as well, right? I mean, you know, just to to, to reference, um, and I know a lot of therapists don't like the name, but uh, Marissa Pierce, who, who does rapid transformational therapy, but I know some some hypnotherapists say this is not proper hypnotherapy. There's always divided opinion, but I think she does a great job in terms of you know changing changing those belief system. And um, I, I've had rapid transformational therapy before, and I'm a I'm a big fan of it. Um, but actually, that, that that leads me onto a question: what what kind of therapy is, if I say quotation marks popular on on the platform is there anything you can well i I would say i suppose the 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 most truthful answer is to say integrative but you know integrative therapy basically means you use a number of different um therapy styles so one person might might include cbt and they might include psychodynamics. So those are the two at opposite ends. They might both be in there. But someone else might basically have things that are very similar to each other and, you know, add in extra strands, you know, of things like gestalt or transpersonal or psychosynthesis. They're, they're like brand names, really. And we always think, you know, in some ways it comes down to a question, do you want to deal with the situation as it is now? Or do you want to go deeper? And that, I mean, that's when I created the site, it was with the idea that you didn't have to know about all the different therapy types. You needed to be, be basically put into different filters that would, would largely be covering those territories. And then really it's about developing a relationship with the therapist who you, who you see. Because of the different therapy types, if you talk about what's the most effective, the one that's effective is the one that works for you. So that does make it all rather mysterious. So that's why things like doing our questionnaire or doing our personalized matching, the whole point being taking in different factors and trying to see within that what that person is looking for, what we think is the best uh, suited for them. I mean, on, on, on that note, uh, could, you know, obviously we are familiar with the platform, but could you maybe explain how well doing actually matches people? Because it's it's not fully automated, right? It's not like you no, it's a, Well, some, some of it want. is. It's not fully automated, yeah. no. You can do a search by doing it um, for your postcode or if you know exactly that you want something like CBT. Those That's a very simple search. Or you can do a questionnaire which is, this is not paid for. So it's basically using the filters. And the filters are, are over things like the types. Uh, I mean, the first flow of the of the filter does ask you, do you want to um, go deeper? Do you want to deal with the situation as it is? You know, get really, you know, be taught coping uh, tips, etc. And some people tick, I want to mix of, I want to see both of those. I would say that's the most commonly ticked thing. I would see both of those. So it's going to come down to, but then you've got filters of things like anxiety, depression, boarding school syndrome, porn addiction, family issues, other things. What are they? Well, obviously all those kind of things like phobias, OCD, relationship problems, divorce, 
all of those are in there. And people, the therapists are only allowed to choose 12 areas of expertise. So you then, which is really not true of other platforms. Other platforms allow therapists to tick all. And I guess that's my biggest beef with other places because I think people do have areas of expertise or interests that, that you know, they carry through their practice. Surely the best thing is to be able to, you know, bring that person who really knows about this issue. You know, for example, we've now got a, an area called men's issues. So, and in that, that's talking about the kinds of things that you talk about here, things that men talk about when they're together. I mean, the most of the people who, who feature men's issues are male therapists, and they are having conversations that, you know, ought to be private and focus on things that men worry about. So, And then we have the paid-for one where it's a mixture of our knowledge of our therapists and the information that's on the site, but it's also going out to about six therapists for each uh, request and talking to them about whether this client is good for them, whether they have the right expertise and whether they have availability and whether they're in the budget. Because yeah. a lot of really good therapists are very full. So we're always trying to, to you know, find, find people who are looking for new clients. Right. Well, unfortunately, I think we have come to uh, the end of time there. But... Um... I mean, well, obviously, we have an ongoing relationship with well-doing, so I'm sure um, this won't be the last time that we hear from either Louise or or one of her colleagues. I mean, sorry, I've just got to make one more point again uh, about social media (laughs) again and and bring it back to me. But, I mean, I think, you know, the thing that I've found most overwhelming is the number of people that have reached out to me. You know, people that I was at school with and, you know, I want to say casual acquaintances, but, you know, they're like, here's my number. And, and you know, and I think generally it's people that have lost parents and so they know, you know, the, the mixture of emotions. But yeah, so, you know, I just wanted to bring it back round to me there. And, and, I, I, I absolutely agree, David, and I had the same, I had the same experience myself. Uh, when my mother died and I had I was overwhelmed and felt fantastically supported Mm. it's a beautiful thing when it works like that it's so so I'm not absolutely against it at all but I think you've got to be careful with it yeah on that note Thanks very much, Louise. And I think, you know, possibly a good thing to, to for me to finish on is to say, you know, never underestimate how, you know, how much just a short message or, you know, a kind word can mean to someone when they're going through a difficult time. But anyway, thanks again for, for listening to another episode of Man Up, Man Down. Please like and subscribe, leave us a review. And uh, I did recently discover that if you say play Man Up, Man Down, to your smart speaker, it will play us. So, uh, so there we go. Okay. And I, I suppose if anyone wants to find out more, um, it's welldoing.com, right? Dot org. Dot org. See, I knew, I knew it was slightly different, so I think we should definitely mention that. But the link okay. is on our website, yes. and the link is in every every newsletter I send out every month. And we'd so, love uh, to welcome your your listeners uh, to come and have a look. That'd be terrific. Okay, thank you. Brilliant, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. 
feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.